welcome back to Happy and Healthy. My name is Janine Amapola. If this is your first time coming to my podcast, if not, welcome back to my homies. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning back into today's episode. Happy Tuesday. I post these every single Tuesday and I absolutely just love it. I love podcasting. It is so much fun and I love just getting to like hang out with you guys and sit down. And so that is exactly what today's episode is going to be. I just wanted to remind you guys though really fast that you can now watch these episodes on Spotify. And if you didn't know, we also have them on YouTube. So you guys can watch them on Spotify and YouTube and you can also listen to them on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The more reviews you guys leave me, the better it is. It's super, super helpful for me. So if you're loving this podcast, if you're enjoying it, Share it with a friend or leave a review, either one. There is no pressure, but it is very, very helpful, and it definitely helps artists and creators. I guess artists is not the right word. It helps creators a ton when you guys do that, so thank you guys so much. Um, I just cracked open a Celsius. I don't really like this flavor, but it was all that Target had, so I got it. It's the Raspberry Acai Green Tea one, and it like has this like prickly, stingy, I don't even know how to say. Like, Let me just try one more time. Yeah, it's like spicy and I don't, I don't like it, but it's all I have. So we're just going to drink it anyway. Anyway, you guys, it's a, what day is it for me? It's a Thursday. I am prepping for a crazy weekend. I just filmed another podcast before this with daily drills. So if you're listening to that one after or before, yes, it's the same day. This is how, you know, you got to roll sometimes when you have craziness going on. Um, you just kind of got to pre-film and everything. And so I have a crazy weekend coming up. I have a bachelorette party for one of my friends, Jesse, and then I'm heading to LA very shortly after to go to a wedding there, and it's just like boom, boom, boom. So this week has been crazy. It's been still really, really fun, just a little overwhelming, and I've just been kind of dealing with some, you know, some bull crap in my life. However, it's okay. I've, I'm feeling much better. I'm just choosing to find the peace and everything, and something that, like, someone said to me recently that I hadn't thought about, I was like, huh. She said that, you know, when everyone's like, oh, seek the peace. And I, I am someone that's always like, yeah, seek the peace. God's a God of peace. She said, like, no one can take your peace away from you. You can only give it away. And I was like, whoa. Because technically, you know, we have, as Christians, the Prince of Peace. And that's who he is. And that is within that is within us because we have the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he is the Prince of Peace, and he's our advocate, and he's our helper, and the Holy Spirit says, I will never leave you. So technically, we always have peace with us wherever we go, but we choose willingly and maybe unknowingly to give away our peace to people or things. And so say someone makes you mad, and she was like, no one can make you mad. She's like, you just gave, like, you were mad because you let them make you mad. Like, you get to choose how you respond and react. And I was like, huh. So. That was interesting to me that no one can really take peace away from you. No one can make you feel anything. You are the one that does that because you get to choose how you respond and react. And I was like, that's very interesting. So I don't know. Side tangent for today's episode. I know that was a long intro, but for today's episode, we are going to be just answering y'all's questions from the happy and healthy podcast, Instagram. So my podcast coordinator, she's the best. Um, just to let y'all know the person that is running this, like I create, you know, the content, I film them, I interview you guys, these are my thoughts, everything, but my amazing podcast coordinator, Alejandra, she's listening to this because she's editing this. She is the GOAT, you guys. Everyone, round of applause for Alejandra. I'm going to go ahead and just do that. <laughs> 
If it weren't for her, this podcast would not exist. Um, she is the the all the hands working behind the scenes. So I just want to give her a nice round of applause because she's the best. So Alejandra put this thing out today and it says, Hey Janine, I have a question, dot dot dot. And I'm going to be basically asking you guys the I'm uh, not asking. I'm going to be answering y'all's questions today. So it might be a little bit of a longer episode, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I wanted just to sit down with you guys and answer these questions that you guys have. So let's go ahead, get into this. These are going to be basically answering these at the spur of the moment. I don't have anything planned. Maybe I should, but I would thought, you know what? Let's just see what wisdom and knowledge God, you know, puts inside me for y'all and what I have to say. So let's just get right into it and answer y'all's questions. Alrighty, let's get into it. So if you're watching the YouTube video or the Spotify, you're watching that, you can see the lighting consistently fluctuating because the sun keeps going behind a cloud and then, you know, coming out. And so the lighting keeps being like, ear, ear. so if you're just listening to it, then you're Gucci. But if you're watching the video, you're like, what is happening to her lighting? That is why. But anyway, let's get into the first question. So the first question is when people fail to see your worth in your profession, how do you deal with it? And this is Something that I can relate to so, 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 so much. So when I started way back in the day, if you guys don't know my story, I started as a YouTuber 10 years ago. I started when I was 16. I am now, oh my gosh, I'm 28. (gasps) I'm 28. Okay, I'm 28. I started when I was like 16 years old. It didn't become like a serious thing until maybe junior year of college. And no one understood what I was doing. No one was, no one got it. Everyone thought I was weird. They were like, why are you posting videos? My parents didn't get it. My siblings didn't get it. Everyone in high school made fun of me. People played my videos in front of me. I mean, everyone didn't see the value. And now we look at, you know, social media, we look at influencing, we look at YouTube, we look at podcasting and everyone now is jumping on the train that made fun of me. And they're like, wait, whoa, there's something here. And so at the time, no one could see it. And so in my brain, I was just like, you know, frick you. Not really. Like, I didn't literally think that. But maybe I did deep down inside with my insecurities. But I really was just kind of like, I don't really care what you think. Because just because you don't see the value doesn't mean that there's not value. Just because my service or my product or what I'm doing doesn't necessarily benefit or contribute. Contribute. That's the word. Contribute to what you need or what you want doesn't mean it's not beneficial for someone else. And so when you find your niche, you find your people, you find someone to help that needs what you have, the gift that you have, the purpose that you have, you run with that. Who cares what people think? And I know that's so much easier said than done. Like, who cares? Screw them. But really, like, if you have a burning passion to be a content creator or to do graphic designing, which is what I know this person does, or to, um, you know, even just be a stay-at-home mom if you want to raise godly children or if you want to be a teacher or whatever, like, that's great. Like, we need people and certain passions for certain areas that maybe other people don't have passions for. And so don't let people change your mind or fluctuate that or persuade you. Some people might be like, that's dumb or that's worthless. But if you have a passion, then pursue it. Please pursue it. And it may, you know, start off small. It may be not going the way you plan. Maybe it takes, you know, more time. Maybe it takes more people or, you know, more money or investing or it's nerve-wracking. But at the end of the day, like, if you love it and it just fuels you and you feel like it's helping people and you feel like God's called you to this or, like, for some reason you just cannot step away from it, then keep on 
going. Even if other people are like, are you still doing that YouTube thing? Are you still doing that other career? Yeah, I actually am because I'm not a quitter and good things take time. If I really want something, it's going to take time. And so, yes, I am still doing this. And it's just funny when you look back, like people make fun of you and then those are the same people that come back to you and they need your services. And you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. Where were you when I was broke? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, not really. But, well, maybe. I don't know. Those are the same people that come back to you and you're just so, I don't know. And it's not that you need to be treat them badly or be like, I need to prove something to you. But, like, all you have to say to yourself and to people is, I have nothing to prove. It is an audience of one. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to follow this passion. If it's a God-honoring passion, it's blessing people and it's not living in, like, willful disobedience or sin, then I'm going to keep on this path. So, Anyway, that is going to be my answer for that question. How do you know when the timing is right to begin dating or feel ready to date? That's also a great question. So I would say, first and foremost, um, that you are in a place where the dating could lead to marriage. That might be a hot take. If you're 13 years old, probably not the best time to date. You want to make sure that you're even in a good place to date because I feel like dating for a super long time period Especially if you're waiting for marriage, it gets really hard. I'm not saying just get married and have sex. That's not what I'm saying. However, if you are trying to stay pure like I am, and you're, okay, pure is maybe not the right word, but if you're trying to stay celibate and abstain and really, yeah, seek purity with this person, yes, that is the right word, then, you know, dating longer when you can't get married is a little bit harder. You also want to make sure that um, you're healed. Like, you're not, you know, still thinking about your ex all the time and obsessing over him or um, that you still have some trauma that you maybe haven't worked through. I would say that you're just in a good place mentally, that you have a very good firm walk with the Lord on your own, that you're not like looking for someone to complete. You're not looking for someone to fulfill empty desires or like fill a void in your life because that tends to not work well. And just making sure that you're like in a good spot, that you're ready to kind of be able to deal with communication, sacrifice, you know, because dating isn't just all roses and butterflies. Like it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. Um, also being willing to know like, Hey, if I date again, am I going to be okay? If this relationship doesn't work out, am I in a good, healthy spot? You know, am I knowing that by dating again, that this person is not my end all be all. This is not my identity. Like that you're just in a good place to just try things and you're ready to be vulnerable. You're ready to carry else's, someone else's burdens and their needs. And you're ready to kind of lay your life down for someone and that you're ready to, you know, just know what entails of a relationship again, because there is a lot that entails in a relationship and just being healthy on your own and knowing what you're looking for in a partner as well. I do have an episode on this of what to look for in a partner. It's on season one. So go check that out. So make sure you know what you're looking for and just making sure that you're in a good, healthy spot and you're not still like just thinking that this person's going to completely and you're complete you and you're dating out of place of lack rather than a place of abundance. So that would be my answer for that. Okay, this is a little bit of a harder question, but someone asked me, nutrition-wise, how do you eat? Do you follow a nutrition plan? So fitness and nutrition, again, this is a whole other episode or, you know, even like a YouTube podcast or YouTube video, I guess you could say. Right now, 
for some reason, I mean, I'm in like, I'm like the lowest weight I've ever been. You know, that definitely was because of a lot of stress, but I've also been very active. You know, I go on a ton of walks. I've been going on a lot of walks lately. So I like want to make this, like, I jokingly want to make this shirt. That's like walks are for the girls or something like that. Like walks are for the gals because I've been working, like walking with my girlfriends, like a ton lately. I've been on three walks with my girlfriends this week and I like low key love it. And so I've been just really like really trying to be active and less stressful on my body. I really feel like your body holds on to a lot of stress and that causes you to either maintain your weight or gain weight and it's just not healthy. So really like lowering stress is going to be helpful. Again, everyone's body is so different, which is why like I can't give you necessarily advice, but food wise, you know, in the morning I'll wake up, I'll drink coffee. I'll have a nice big bagel. And then for lunch I do meal prep. So I will say I do have a meal prep that I do for lunch, which usually consists of a protein, a carb and a fat. And so I do love that. It's from this um, chef in Dallas called Rami Raw, but y'all could definitely do it too. It's super, super simple. It's just like a broccoli, a potato or like a grain and then like a chicken or a ground beef or ground turkey. It's pretty simple. So I eat that for dinner. I usually probably eat something around the exact same. And then I'm not even gonna lie, pretty much every single night I do eat sweets, like almost every single night. It's it's definitely an addiction. I know, same thing with coffee, absolutely an addiction, but I love my chocolate and I should be able to have my chocolate. That's one thing I've learned is like moderation. It's okay to have some chocolate. Do not deprive yourself of anything, everything in moderation. So I give myself the dang chocolate if I want the chocolate. I do would say there's not necessarily a specific plan that I follow. I just overall love to eat healthy. I love to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and I snack on apples during the day or like mangoes. Um, I try not to eat a lot of processed stuff. I don't eat out or I don't eat fast food hardly ever. I used to a ton, but it's just not, it makes my body feel really disgusting. Like I feel super like, ugh, after I eat it. So I try not to eat out a ton, but overall something that you just need to figure out is like your plan, what you like, and maybe work with a nutritionist. If you find that to be really, really genuinely hard for you, that's what it was for me. I had to get nutritionist about three or four years ago and it was one of the best decisions I did, so I really, really recommend. But overall, just always trying to find, you know, eating fruits and vegetables, a lot of water, um, walking a ton, exercising daily, not putting too much stress on your body, sleeping a ton, et cetera, et cetera. The next question actually is a really good one. How do you manage friendships from a different friend group? So I think that's an interesting question. I've never had someone ask me this before. I will say I do have a ton of different friend groups and different friends in different categories. You know, there's like a group of girlfriends I have in Dallas. I have a ton of friends in Dal- in LA still, and I've random little like individual friends in Dallas. So it is a little hard to manage, but I feel like something that you can do is like, even if you're not seeing those friends all the time, you're not always hanging out with them, just check up on them, you know, shoot them a text, hey, I'm thinking of you, like I said, go for a walk with your friend, meet them for coffee, invite them to places, find ways to host events, events to bring them all together in one, if you can, um, it's a lot of just balance, I would say, so, you know, on like a Wednesday morning, I'll walk with a different friend, but she's not necessarily part of my main friend group, on the weekends, my main friend group, we're hanging out, but we don't really typically see each other on the weekdays, I'm also in a Bible study on Wednesday nights where I see half of my friend group every single Wednesday, but the other half that I don't see, I'll meet them for coffee or go on walks. It's just really trying to honestly manage your time, allocate time, and figure out how can I combine two things at once. You know, for me, I love to work out and I love my friends, so I combine that by working out with them or going on walks with them. And so that's just like one way I would say managing it and just kind of like checking in on them, sending them voice memos, um, texting them, you know, being like, hey, I know I can't see you this week, but how about next week? 
And so it's just a lot of balance, but also healthy friendships give you freedom and space. It's holding your friends loosely. It's knowing that you don't have to hang out 24 seven for y'all to be close because there's different seasons for different rhythms. You know what I mean? So if you, um, feel like you're in a really crazy season, which I'm in right now, there's going to be some friendships that suffer, but I love that those friendships hold me loosely and they know, Hey, just because we didn't talk for a week doesn't mean that like we're less of friends or that you care about me less or whatever. So I personally think healthy friendships communicate that healthy friendships have freedom. Healthy friendships don't have crazy expectations. And that is a good way to maintain that. The next question is how was it living alone as a Christian woman? When did you do it and how did you cope? So I lived alone for two years, which is pretty crazy. When I lived out in LA from 2019 to 2021, I lived alone and it was honestly very scary at the beginning. I didn't enjoy it. I'm extremely extroverted. I love people. However, I really think it was super healthy for me. I'm not going to recommend to everyone live alone, but I do think for maybe a season it's okay, but I just don't think that we're meant to live alone. I think it's good for us to be in community with people, do life with people, and living with people, having roommates absolutely teaches you how to be a good wife, how to be a good partner. It trains you for marriage. That's something that Maddie and I do is like, it's communication. It's like, hey, take out the trash, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a lot of just like learning what irks you and how to just be a good roommate and a good partner. And so I wouldn't recommend doing that for forever, but I do feel like for a season, it was actually really, really beneficial for me. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned how to genuinely spend time with God. I learned um, what irks me when I do have a roommate, you know? I learned how to be clean. I learned how to be very dependent. I learned um, how to be good being alone. I learned how to actually reach out to people even more because when you do live alone, you have to work 10 times hard on your friendships. You have to be able to communicate with people more, call people more, reach out to people more, not just expect them to only reach out to you. And I also wanted to use my home to bless people. So use your home. If you're going to live alone, if you have a good space for it, use your home to bless people. That's what I'm doing now is I know I love to host parties here and events and I want to start doing worship nights at my house and stuff. And so it did train me for a ton. But again, I don't think it's something we should stay there for because I really believe or stay in long for because I believe it kind of makes you a little bit selfish. It's good for a season. It's, you know, Jesus was alone a lot. He isolated a lot. He went alone to spend time with God, but he didn't stay there. You know what I mean? So don't stay there either. And so let it teach you for a season, but don't let that be like something you do permanently. I just don't know if that's healthy and it'll cause you to kind of isolate and create, you know, maybe secrets and sins that you're not letting people into because you can hide a lot easier. I know there was some things that happened for me that I was hiding and I had to be really, really adamant about being like, okay, I'm going to confess this. I'm going to tell someone about this. And so, um, just be careful of that and just know that that is what some of the pros and cons are for that. All right. This is a good question. And this is something also that I always feel kind of scared to mention, but again, you know, I did have this um, eloping marriage in college that I annulled shortly after. It was a very toxic, unhealthy relationship. And so often I will be like, yeah, I was married, but I don't really feel like it was a marriage. It was like this weird false paper marriage that was very toxic and it ended shortly. And I'm still, I still thank God for it all the time because I could not imagine myself being in that today. But um, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone else. I am not trying to encourage divorce. I am not trying to be like, everyone get divorced if you're just unhappy because First of all, annulment and divorce are differently, are different, and I'm not one that's advocating for divorce. However, I knew God wanted me out of that relationship, and I'm so thankful for that to this day. And so someone asked me, based upon that, when living a new life after your marriage, how is it opening up to 
new people without carrying the fears from the past? That's actually such a good question. So especially when dating, it's very scary. Something that, you know, when I tell people that I know in my life, friends or whatever, I honestly, I'm just kind of like, whatever, because that is not my identity. You know, people try to put these labels and pin you to this certain thing and be like, oh, you were the married girl. Or for example, maybe for you, like, oh, you were the girl with the eating disorder. or You were the girl that, you know, had an addiction or you were the girl that, you know, whatever. Like people want to place labels on you. And it's just like, okay, like try to place it on me. But God didn't place those labels on me. You know, when I became a new creation in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. So that's not me anymore. That died along with my old self. Like that sin, that past, that died. Like I am a new creation. I talked about this in my um, dating advice video on my YouTube channel. You guys should go check out because I talked specifically about that when a significant other or someone you're dating holds this over your head that they don't understand the gospel, or maybe you don't understand the gospel. Maybe you're the one talking to yourself like this. Maybe you're the one kind of being like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. And this is just who I am. And this is just, this is just my identity. And it's not, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the enemy that that is not who you are anymore. That's not your identity. That is not your worth. That is not your value. That does not determine your future. That does not change the outcome of, you know, the future. Like, that's not how God sees you. God's like, what are you talking about? What marriage? What sin? Because Jesus died on the cross for that. And so when I talk to people that are friends or that I know, I'm kind of just like, yeah, whatever, like that happened. And people are like always very empathetic and very kind. And they are like so blown away by the story because it is a psychotic, crazy story. And I pray for this ex still to this day because you know, I do feel sorry for him. And it was a crazy story, but I forgive him. You know what I mean? So because I'm forgiven, I forgive him. And it doesn't hold weight anymore. I don't hold the weight. I kind of just talk about it flippantly because that's the way I see it. It's just like, it doesn't hold as much weight for me anymore because I've opened up about it. People know about it. You know, my friends hold me accountable. Um, there's nothing that I'm hiding. You know what I mean? So it doesn't feel as scary and daunting anymore because I'm like, I'm free, baby. Like I'm free. And so it doesn't hold weight anymore to me. But when you're, when I'm dating, that's a different story because there's always this element of like, man, what if they judge me? What if they look at me differently? What if they think something's wrong with me? What if they're like, why would you do that? Or you're crazy or whatever. And I have had people in the past do that for me. They've held it over my head and they have made me feel so stupid for it. And that's when I'm like, you're not my person then. Like, if you don't understand the gospel and that I'm saved and I'm redeemed and that's what God saved me from and that's what Jesus died specifically on the cross for, then you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand redemption. You don't understand grace. So be gone. Bye-bye. Because you can't keep holding people's past over their heads if that's not who they are anymore today. Like, that's not fair to anyone. And so I don't feel shameful of it. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, it's my old story. It's my old past. It literally was like six years ago. And I'm like, it's like, it feels so distant for me at this point where I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like that happened. Great. whoop de doo You know what I mean? But the reason why I do talk about it still is because I believe that my story is going to bless other people. My story is going to help other people find freedom. And that is why I share this story to show you that God can redeem you. He can save you. He can get you out of toxic relationship. And that when you choose sin and you walk in a way of secrecy and sin, it's not going to go well for you. And so if you know in your heart and in your gut and in your intuition and your spirit that you're living in willful sin and it's disconnecting you from God, you know, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to nudge you. I'm going to be like, Hey, tell someone, you know, walk away from it, lay it down, confess it, open up to someone, 
walk away because you're digging yourself into a deeper hole and a deeper ditch. And then you'll get to the bottom of it and you'll be looking up and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I am so far into this ditch and into this grave. And it feels like I can never get out of this. It feels like I'll never be redeemed or never saved or never forgiven. And that's a lie. That's also a lie. So I'm living proof today that God can redeem anything and it may look different than you expect or than you wanted, but he can. And I'm proof of that to show that, you know, you can come out better on the other side. Yes, you might have more baggage or wounds or whatever, but God is the one that redeems, not man. It's God that redeems. And if, you know, the son sets you free, then you're free indeed. That's biblical. And it says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And so I believe that God is the God of the impossible. And so don't let someone or anyone try to make you feel stupid or bad about that. Like, sorry. You're not God. You don't determine my my worth or my value. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, okay. The next question is, this is actually a really good question. What is something toxic you used to do when in a romantic relationship that you don't do anymore? Oh my gosh, honestly, no one to ask me that. And I actually love that question. I'm not here to admit at all that I'm like this perfect person or anything. I think something that I used to do in ta- in my past and that was pretty toxic is I would throw these like little hissy fits. Like I would be like, mm, like you're not giving me what I want and, 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 and like I would like cross my arms and I would like sat, I would be sad and I would pout and specifically with my first boyfriend, I wouldn't answer his calls. I would let him call me 20 times and I'd be like, I don't need you. And I would just turn off my phone and that's very, very toxic. Like that was like me literally when I was like 16 years old. So like, of course, a little 16 year old is going to do that. And I would pout and I would like subtweet the person and be like, so-and-so is so rude and blah. Like I would, it was just so petty. And I think I would kind of just get in these like little hissy fits. And also something that I would do is I would try to change the person to get them to conform into this perfect person that I wanted. And that's like not fair for anyone. Like I've learned the hard way that you cannot change people. You can only change and control the way that you react and you respond. And I remember someone gave me that advice and I was so annoyed hearing that because I was like, no, like I can change them. Like, why won't they change for me? But you can't. The reality is you cannot change people. You can only try to pray for them. You can try to help them. But at the end of the day, like they have to want it. And so I would make these like little petty, subtle comments in hopes that that would make the person pissed off enough to change. And that doesn't help anything. That just makes the person feel worse. That makes the person feel like you're nagging them. That makes the person feel like you uh, are just trying to con- make them conform into this little box that you want them in, want them to be in. And so I've learned so much now to like let people be who they are. Like imagine if someone kept trying to change you. That's not fun. Like imagine if someone was like, oh, I wish you were skinnier. I wish you were tanner. I wish you didn't do this. I wish you didn't do that. Like that's exhausting. Like, and I don't want to be that for someone else, you know? So I've learned to just try to like, give people freedom where they are. And of course, encourage people and help people and pray for people. And if they ask for help, help them. You know what I mean? Like encourage people, but don't try to change people because they have to want that for themselves in speaking life over to people instead and encouraging them instead versus belittling them or trying to make them into this perfect person. And just also, again, like knowing what you want before you get into a relationship. Like if you specifically know that, you know, I want someone that loves God and is a Christian, then don't go dating someone that's not a Christian that doesn't love God because you're going to be forever frustrated. You're going to be trying to change them and be acting out in some toxic behaviors because you're trying to look for something in someone that they don't have. You know what I mean? So now I feel like I know more what I want and that helps me not have to change people because they already have that because I've found what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? 
So I definitely think there's a lot of growth in dating, a lot of books I've read, a lot of people I've talked to, counselors, mentor, podcasts. I mean, so many things. I'm so, so thankful for my growth. Um, and I've heard people give me good good feedback on, of just being like, wow, you've grown so much and um, just being a good girlfriend and that such and such. And so I feel like I've done a lot of growth. Am I a perfect person? Absolutely not. Um, but I definitely feel like I'm not toxic anymore. You know what I mean? So praise God for that. <laughs> okay, so this next question is, do you and your roommate have house rules that you follow when dating to keep each other accountable? Absolutely. We both know our own boundaries uh, as far as with the male and like what we will do and not do. Both of us, it's like no more than kissing. And again, even that sometimes needs to be a boundary because even kissing can lead to certain things. And so we live in the light with each other. We confess absolutely everything to each other. Um, we don't let guys spend the night at our houses. And even though we have a guest room, we're just like, yeah, sorry, we're not going to do that. And so that's something that's a little bit harder, but we just choose not to do that. Or if a guy does need to spend the night, like, for example, we had our friend Connor Saley spend the night one time, and he did because we were both home. So we try not to say, like, if, if we're both alone, we're not going to let a guy sleep there. We're like, nope, sorry. We try not to stay up too late um, in the night and have guys over too late. Um, we also always try to text each other and be like, hey, just, you know, like, make a choices. And we know that, you know, we have to text each other the next day or tell each other what we did. And so that's actually really, really helpful. And so I think it's just overall, like, not having guys over too late, not, you know, being in the darkness, not lying down, um, guys not spending the night, knowing your boundaries, and then confessing that to each other. And if you do slip up, then you tell the person and you confess that. And you're like, okay, how can we make better choices next time? And so I would definitely say those are some of the rules. Okay, so a lot of these questions are kind of talking about just uh, growing confidence in the Lord, not being ashamed. Basically, what are things I do kind of daily to seek Christ and how do you make God more like your firm foundation and just kind of not be living a life in guilt and so I that's a lot in one but I'm just going to kind of summarize this and then end the podcast so overall what I what I try to remember in my walk with Christ is that God loves me so much and I'm his child and he is looking out for me and he wants the best for me and I don't have to do anything out of obligation for the Lord, but rather adoration. Adoration is just adoring God and seeking him and being like, God, you are so good and so worthy. And that is why I want to follow you. I don't want to follow you because I'm obliged to, or because I have to, but because I get to, because you're worthy of following and I love you and loving you brings me freedom and loving you brings me more peace and joy and all the fruit of the spirit. And I don't follow God to have him love me, but I love him and that, and out of loving him, that is why I follow God. Because the more that you gain wisdom and insight and know who God is, the more you want to follow him. And because I read the Bible so much, I make it a priority to spend time with him. You know, even though I might skip a day or two, I don't beat myself up for that. But instead I'm like, okay, how can I spend time with God elsewhere? You know, is that worshiping in the car? Is that praying? Um, you know what I mean? Or listening to a podcast but still knowing that I always have to go back to Christ. I don't need people. I don't need things. I'm not trying to find other people to fulfill me or things to fulfill me, but God and God alone. I just, I love to follow God because, you know, I willingly want to do things for him because of who he is. And when you have a deeper revelation of who God is, that makes me want to follow him more. I don't do it because like I have to, and I feel like oftentimes, you know, we can feel this guilt all the time. We fall into this trap of like, oh, I didn't spend time with him. Or you're feeling guilty or shame for maybe something you've done. But you have to remember that guilt and shame 
is not from God. Conviction is from God. There's a difference between godly conviction and condemnation. Godly conviction pulls you higher and it calls you back to Christ and it sets you free versus condemnation pulls you away from Christ. It makes you want to hide. It enslaves you even more. And so you have to remember the difference between those two. And so when you're dealing with that, um, just knowing like you have the freedom and the ability to go to God and be like, God, I'm struggling. I need you. And he's openly with his arms, just like, Hey, come to me, come to me. It's like the prodigal son. Hey, I still love you. I'm still here for you. I'm calling you higher. I want to set you free. Let me clean you up. Let me help you. You know what I mean? So not falling into that pressure of, or, or that, that shame and that cycle of just, you know, I'm a bad person or I didn't spend time with God or I messed up again or I sinned again. Um, God's like, Hey, I knew you would. I knew you would. Like I knew before you would, but again, come to me, come to me and tell someone about it and confess it. And I know that's scary, but it's necessary and beneficial and you will find freedom in life there. And so, um, those are some things. And I think just to find, you know, God as your firm foundation, that takes time. That takes you spending time in the word. I always tell people, I'm like, you don't know what the foundation looks like. You don't know what that means. You can't understand and have a revelation of really who God is. If we don't know what he sounds like, if we don't know what his word says, if we don't spend time in his presence, if we don't spend time in environments that invite him, you know, invite him into your room, invite him into your car, go to church and say, God, I want to hear you. I want to feel your presence. I want to know what the word says about you because often people are just like, God, I want more of you, but you do nothing about that to seek him more. You know what I mean? So it requires us to be obedient and to participate and to partake with him. You know, we have to join him and partner with him and say, God, you know, I want to invite you into my life. Is my heart a place that would be good for you as as, as a home? And so checking your heart and inviting him into that and realizing what does God say about the foundation? You know, the foundation of God is a rock. It's a firm foundation firm place. And we have to be willingly and inviting him willingly, openly inviting him into our hearts and knowing what that looks like. And so reading, you know, Matthew, Luke, John, like all those are good books that are going to provide deeper revelations of what that means and what that looks like. And so I'm always going to encourage you to, you know, seek counsel, get involved in a church, have a Bible study and read your word daily, even if it doesn't feel fun, even if it feels like you're like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying or hard, but do it anyway. I promise you do it anyway. There's um, blessings on the other side of obedience and obedience is just doing small steps of faith and small steps of just laying your life down and be like, God, I want to seek you. I want to follow you. Some days you'll hear from him. Some days you won't and that's okay, but choose to seek him anyway. And I hope that helped. And so just doing small things every day, whether that's worship music or journaling or just talking to him or praying or definitely reading the Bible Those are all beneficial things that will lead you closer to Christ. And maybe you won't always feel his presence, but do it anyway. But God wants to show you himself. He seeks to know you. He seeks to um, talk with you and dwell in your heart and to make your heart his home and to make him your foundation. And so test your heart because in hard times, which is what I'm going through, you know, these are the times that show, is God your foundation? You know, when hard times come, are you going to cling to the world? Are you going to cling to certain things? Are you going to cling to God? And I think it's very, very telling because often, you know, in a hard time, we will cling to, you know, social media or a person or to, you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever the case may be, a boy, because we have not made God our identity and our firm foundation. So let the hard times show you, have I been doing that? 
And there's a post I just did on my Instagram, and it's called uh, What to Remember When Life is Hard. Read that, and that will probably help you a little bit of understanding what that looks like a little bit more. So that's on my Instagram. It's the picture of uh, my Bible and coffee on my Instagram. Go check that out. So hopefully that's just some encouragement, you guys. But he loves you. He cares for you. He's not mad at you. He just wants to know you. He just wants to hang out with you. So hopefully that is helpful. So those are all the questions I'm going to answer today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of just getting to sit down and hang out with me. Um, I know you guys have mentioned that you love this solo episode, so hopefully that this was fun just to get to hang out with me, and I will definitely do more of these. Ultimately, this podcast is to serve you guys and to help you guys, and if I can do that even just a little bit more, I'd love to do that. I love to provide resources and insight and wisdom and just anything for y'all that it just basically helps you be more happy and healthy. So I love you guys. If you were enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. It helps me out a ton. You guys can watch this episode on Spotify as well as YouTube. Um, if you guys want to donate, we do a monthly Patreon thing, which you guys can link. It's linked down below. Investing into this definitely helps me so much. I'm really trying to get a studio. So if you want to invest at all financially, I would so appreciate that, but it is not required. This podcast is so free. Otherwise, just something I wanted to mention. So thank you guys for listening, for caring, for sharing this podcast as well. It means so much to me. And I will see you guys next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys. Bye.